us back into the holding pattern. <laughs> Amen. He has a tendency to do that sometimes. Amen. We've been talking about how to have a worry-free life. Amen. And, you know, and, and we have seen through scriptures, we've been studying and we've been looking at this thing. And because in this life, you know, the Bible tells us we shall have tribulations. So there's going to be things that are going to come into our lives. But we must get to that point where we mature that we do not allow it. To pull us away from God, allow it to burden us down, to allow it to cause us to feel like quitting and giving up and, and walking away. We want to still be able to have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength when we're going through things in our lives. We have to get to the point uh, where we're standing on the word of God. Amen. That we know, as scripture says in Romans eight twenty eight, that all things do work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Amen. So we have to, to, to just get to it to a point to where we say, okay, I'm not going to worry about that. I, I've given it to God. I've casted it upon the Lord. So I have to back away now and allow God the opportunity to work it his way. His ways are not going to be my ways. It might, but usually I find that God's ways are so much higher. And when he finishes it, as the scripture says, he makes all things beautiful in his time. So I have to, when I say I'm giving this over to God, I have to let it go. I've got to cut the cord. I've got to say, okay, it's in your hands, God. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to worship you. You and I'm going to praise you. Amen. Now, last week we have seen, well, our theme scripture, let me bring our theme scripture, amen, Philippians 4. Paul tells us to be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplications with thanksgiving. Let our requests be made unto God in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's why we've got to cast it. Notice, bring it to God. With thanksgiving. Amen. Be, learn to be thankful. And everything give thanks because this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, last week we was talking about the importance of getting some good night's sleep. And you, and you was telling me that you didn't have a problem with going to bed at night. You told me you got some good night's sleep. You you was getting your eight hours uh, of sleep and, and there you was waking up feeling fresh and, you know, and renewed in the power of God and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's what it should be. The Bible says, I lay me down and I slept. I wait for the Lord sustain me. Amen. So we, he gives his beloved rest here we see uh, in, the, in the scripture. He gives his beloved sleep. So God wants you to rest. He don't want you to be uh, not restful. He wants you to, to be able to go to bed at night uh, and get a good night's sleep. He, he wants you to do that. He wants you because you've got to be alert. Amen. You've got to be able to not be inundated with so many worries and things that you make mistakes and you, you make wrong decisions in life. Because what happens when you do that is it just adds more worries on you, see? And so you want to be able to go to bed at a decent hour. You want to get a good night's sleep. You want to get up in the morning giving God praise, worshiping God, going off to do whatever you need to do throughout the course of 
the day that not having a lot of worries on your plate. Amen. Because you are refreshed. You are renewed. Amen. And that's what God wants is you want to get a double dose of the Holy Ghost so that you can be refreshed. Amen. In all of this stuff. Amen. The Bible tells us also that, you know, he, we, he will lay down, we will lay down and our sleep will be sweet. Amen. Sweet sleep. Like laying in a pasture. And we was looking at Psalms 23 where the psalmist says, He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Amen. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And, and we was getting that vision of being along that stream. Amen. And watching the, the cool water just flows. Amen. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been able to just go down by a scream and there's a green pasture. I remember when I was a kid, you know, we had this big green pasture where the cows and, and stuff was, but next to it, they, they was a, a scream and, and it would just come through and the water was always so cool and, and, and sweet tasting. Amen. And so we as kids, you know, it was not uncommon, you know, we'd get down the scream away from where the cows and stuff was and we'd just dip our face right in the water and, and drink. You guys don't do that today, do you? But we would. We, we, we did, you know, and I mean, it, and, and it was amazing how sweet it tastes. Amen. To you, that, that nice, cool, fresh water. Amen. And this is what God desires of us. He, he, he wants us to come apart sometimes and, you know, just drink of the Holy Ghost, uh, to get a refreshing, amen, to, to, to be renewed. As Isaiah said, this is the refreshing that will cause the, the weary to, you know, to be refreshed. Amen. And this is what you want. Praise God. You don't want to be inundated with so much care and worries of life. Amen. That's, that's, that's not of God. And then we were starting last week also. We was looking at number three on your paper, learning how to have a merry heart in a Martha's world. And we know the story when Jesus comes to Martha's house. Amen. Martha is all about coming with cares. She's trying to fix stuff and trying to uh, get stuff right. But Mary uh, is on their She's probably sitting next to Jesus there and she's listening to the things that Jesus is saying. And Martha gets a little upset and she said to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me uh, and not is helping me? And Jesus tell her, Martha, Martha, thou art troubled, careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. The good things. Amen. Learn how to relax, sit down, read the Word of God, listen to the Word of God. Amen. And let Jesus speak to you and bring comfort to your souls. Amen. He don't want you to be coming about and caring about with so many cares of life. Amen. So we have to allow Him that opportunity to speak into my soul. If I am carried about constantly and if I'm not reading the word of God because God speaks to us through the word 
Amen. And we want to hear what he's saying in, in the morning when we're doing our devotions, when we're reading, amen, or we're listening to. Maybe you're listening to somebody read the scriptures, but you want to be able to hear, amen, what is being said. Amen. There's been times, you know, I, I've been driving in my car, and I can remember a few years ago, Brother DeMuth gave me a CD uh, about the trophies of hell, and, and I was, and I was let, driving in my car and and I was listening all of a sudden I start thinking about something uh, that didn't have anything to do with anything but I got distracted and I missed what the guy said but luckily in the car you can rewind (laughs) you know so I ran it back and started all over again so I didn't miss anything Because I felt that God was trying to bring something out of that CD, amen, that I needed to hear. Amen. And that's how God is with us. You know, he don't want us to be so busy that we don't have time to sit down and listen to the word and listen to what is being said and what he's trying to give to us. Or when somebody comes to visit that we're so cared about with serving and stuff that we don't have time to spend time with the guests. You know, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm careful, and I, I'm trying to get us to see. I've, I've been to people's houses, and you know, they, they talking on their cell phones and everything else. Or you probably seen them out eating. You know, and the husband here is, 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 is texting, and the wife is on this phone texting and stuff. They're not even talking to each other, and they got guests there, and, the, and so they're missing everything that's being said. We have to learn how to turn it off, you know, and listen to what is being said. How do you know that what we've been praying about, God hasn't sent that by someone else to bring us the answer that we needed to hear? Because we pray for God to do things for us, you know, and who knows what God will do. Who he will send. You know, so we have to realize we, we, we got to listen to the word of God. That's the most important thing. That's the best part. So he will lead us and he will direct us. Amen. So just allow yourself not to get caught up in to Martha's world. To where you're so coming about, you know. One of the things here that I put on the paper, you know, uh, there on the bottom of number three is get in the habit of making your bed daily. You know, think about it. If you come home constantly to a dirty house, you know what's going to happen? It's going to wear you out. See, you want to be able to come home to a clean house. You know, you don't want dirty dishes everywhere. You don't want the dog and the cat, you know, that's tore up the house and all kinds of stuff like that. You want to, you want your house to be, it's your castle. If you should ever find a place of safety and comfort and contentment, it's in your own castle, in your own home. You don't want to be worried about a whole lot of things, you know. You don't want to be, you know, some people get worried that they think if they invite some people to their house, 
that people are not going to think their house is clean enough. You know, you can't think like that. That's that's wearing. If you don't think it's clean enough, clean it. <laughs> you know, get in the habit of keeping it that way. It's important. What's most important, though, is Jesus. That's what you want in your house. It's time with Christ. You know, and, and, and it's just like cleaning the church here. You know, when you come to clean the church, you know, there should be a time of listening. You know, yeah, you can clean and still listen and pray, whatever, to, to keep it up to speed. Amen. So remember these things. Amen. Praise God. So don't get so inundated with stuff the where you don't have time for Christ. Amen. You want to have good time with Christ and you want to keep your home at a, at a state to where if somebody shows up, you're not you're not embarrassed about your home. You know, as Christians, we should have the cleanest places there is. Because we're taught that in Scripture, you know. So let's get it together. Amen. Number four, cast all your cares upon Jesus. You know, there are some things you can carry. There are some things that you can endure, you know, and you can work it out. But there are those that you do need to take to him and let him handle it. Amen. Peter tells us here in 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. See, God cares for you. He didn't bring you out to leave you. He cares. That's the kind of God He is. He cares for you. He's concerned about all of us. And so, therefore, He don't want us to be inundated with a whole lot of worries and things in life. He wants us to bring it to Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you have need of will be added unto you. If we are suffering under trials and circumstances and unforeseeable troubles, or we may be having difficulties with our responsibilities and duties to which we must perform, and if we are feeling that we have no strength to do them or danger of them, then we should take them to him. Put it on him. Psalms 37, 5 tell us to commit our ways to the Lord and we shall be established. Our thoughts should be established. Amen. We need to take it to him. Whatever we're into or whatever we got to do, if we got tasks, we need directions from God. We need wisdom and knowledge from God how to do certain things. Amen. If we are making plans about things, uh, we should run it by God first. Uh, see how he would handle it. The directions he desire to give us. Amen. Look at Proverbs 6. Uh, 16.3, Proverbs 16.3. Commit thy work unto the Lord, and thy thoughts, what, shall be established. Amen. Commit your work to what you're doing. 
Take it to God. And your thoughts, you, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Your mind will be established. Your mind will be at peace. Amen. Because you're allowing God. As Paul says, we're laborers together with God. We're God's husband. We're God's building. Amen. So we're working with God in everything that we do. So we want our thoughts to be established. Amen. I don't want my thoughts running all over the place. Because if my thoughts start running all over the place, guess what? I'm going to start worrying about everything. But if I take it to the Lord, amen, he will sustain me. He will help me. You remember what the Lord told us in Isaiah 41.10? Amen. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness, saying, fear not. See, he wants your thoughts to be established. He don't want you to have a troubled mind. That's why Isaiah says he'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. God don't want you to walk around and tell him, man, I'm losing my mind. I think I'm going crazy. That's not of God. He wants you to be calm and serene and peace, not troubled. Get in the habit of putting those cares that are too big for you. On God. Yes, you, as I said, you can handle some things in your life. We should be able to mature to a standpoint to where we can handle certain things. But then again, there are certain things that is too big for me. Look at, you, you think about this, okay? In Second Chronicles 20, we know Jehoshaphat. You know, he's, he's the king. But what did he say when all of a sudden, you know, he's got all these other countries coming against them. He went to the Lord. He says, Lord, you know, you said, you know, when our enemies are bigger than we are and things are bigger than we can't handle to come to you in this place and present it to you that you want to help us. He says, I want you to look and see Mount Seir and Ammon and all those guys that you wouldn't let us attack when we came out. Look how they're rewarding us. We don't have any strength for them. But our eyes is on you. And that's the way we've got to do it. You need to say, God, this is too big for me right now. I I can't handle this. You know, I need your wisdom. I need your knowledge. You know, if you want me to do it, then I need your wisdom and I need your knowledge. But I need you to come along with me here. You know, you remember what Moses said to the Lord in, in Exodus. He says, if you aren't going with us. I ain't going either. See? So we have to be able to bring it to Jesus. You remember that song says, Take your burdens to Jesus. Your burdens He'll share. Tell Him your sorrows. Your sorrows He'll bear. He's waiting just to bless you with an outstretched arm. Tell Him your sorrows. Tell Him your troubles. He will understand. Praise God. And Matthew chapter 6 We've read this passage numerous times in your hearing. Amen. And we know at the end of this uh, this chapter, Jesus tells us that we are to what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything we have need of will be added unto us. Now, notice here in the sixth chapter, starting with verse number 25, he tells us here, Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life. 
what you shall eat or what you should drink, nor of your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than clothes or raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Aren't you more important than they are? You're better than an animal. Man is created in the image of God. We're God's children. So if he's taking care of them, he's going to take care of you. Don't get wearied about these things, Jesus said. Your father knows that you had needed all these things. And, and the way that I read some of this stuff sometimes and I begin to get the application part of it is God has said, look. I will make sure that you have employment or whatever you need to be able to get food, to get clothes for you to put on your body. So stop worrying about that. I will make provisions for you. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Amen. He will provide. You remember what Paul told the church in Philippians there in the fourth chapter at the end? He says, my God, verse 19, Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will provide everything you have need of. So stop worrying about stuff. You want to keep your mind stayed on him. You want to be able to keep a perfect mind and perfect peace. He knows what you have need of. So he's your heavenly father. And your father will take care of you. You Look at the story of the children of Israel. Why is it there with the manna? Why is it there with the quail? Why is it there with the water? To let us see if he did it for them, he'll do it for us. From the creation, look at Adam and Eve. You know, they tried to do it themselves. They became all concerned now because they realized they was naked. You know, when God says, Adam, where are you? God wasn't lost. He knew where they were. You know, he was just seeing if they knew where they were. You know. And he says, well, who told you you was naked? No, and God what? He made coats of skin for them. He provided for them. Everything you see as you read through Scripture, you see that God is always providing for his children. He's always looking out for their (coughs) well-being. Yes, sometimes he do let them go through things. Because he allows it to rain on the just and on the unjust. Because he's equal, he's fair, but he will provide for you. So you have to get in, excuse me, to in the habit of casting all your cares upon him. Because he careth for you. Praise God. Amen. Ephesians 6, Paul tells us to do what? Put on the whole arm of God. 
that we're able to stand in the evil day because we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. He says, take to you the whole arm of God so that you're able to stand. See, you've got to have your loins girded about with truth. You've got to have on the breastplate of rights. You've got to have your feet shod with peace, your shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, so when we have these things upon us, we can endure. Cast those cares on him. Don't be afraid to talk to God. Don't be afraid to steal away in your secret closet and just say, God, this is this is just too much. You know, he'll take care of you. You know, he'll look out for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, we hear it all the time. I know the thoughts that I think to you for you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. And to give you an expected end. See? So, so bring, your, bring your problems to the Lord. Amen. Let God help you in your everyday situations, in your everyday circumstances that you face. That you feel those things you feel you cannot handle, then you take it to God. Our eyes are upon you, Lord. And we see this in Scripture. You know, David, even times, David would go to God and he says, You know, Lord, how increase are they that trouble me? Many there be which rise up against me. Many there be saying, There's no help for me in God. He says, But God, you're a shield for me. You're the glory and you're the lifter up of my head. You know, Psalms 46, he writes, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Though the earth be moved, he said, we will not fear. Though the earth be moved, though the mountains be carried into the mix of the sea, though the waters there be troubled and roar, and though the mountains shake, he says, be still. Know that I'm God. I'll help you. Praise God. Number five on your paper, do not compare yourself to others. Do not compare yourself to others. This is one of probably the most weary, that causes a lot of weary in people's lives. People are trying to constantly compare themselves to other people. I wish I had. They get on the wish list. You know, I wish I had that car. I wish I had that home. I wish I looked like that. I wish I could sing like that. I wish I could play the piano like that. So they get into this wish list. And then they wind up worrying about everything. Notice what Scripture says. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they that measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves are not what? They're not wise. You know what? Brother Wayne, you've got talents that I never have. Sister Vicky, you've got talents that other people will never have. Because God makes us that way. See, so why am I sitting here trying to compare myself to be like him, you know, when he's probably out there and said, man, he can do that. What, you know, we, we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. One of the reasons is because we're in the same family. We got the same dad. 
See, so we don't want to compare ourselves among ourselves, trying to be somebody else. I was reading an article the, the day, and, and do you know what? They said there's between 250,000 and 400,000 people worldwide that's trying to be like Elvis Presley. Elvis impersonators. Think about that. 250 to 400,000 people worldwide is trying to impersonate Elvis Presley. And here in America, they says at least 84,000 of them trying to be like somebody else. That's not wise. We don't compare ourselves among ourselves. Amen. See, God knows who we are. God understands who we are. He, he's, he's the one that made us. He understands what I can do. Amen. The Bible tells me to what? Rejoice with them that rejoice. If you can sing good, if you can play the piano good, I'm supposed to rejoice that you can do that. I'm not supposed to be envying of you. I'm supposed to elevate and encourage and build up. You know, it's what we want to do. Don't compare yourselves to other people. This is not of God. That's the, that's the same thing. I, you know, I've been in the church and, and I've heard people say, Oh, I want to be like them because they are heard because they're great prayer warriors. Why? That's my first question to them is why? So you're telling me that you don't know how to pray? Are you telling me that you don't believe your prayer will get through the God? That you've got to go to somebody else? Don't compare yourself to other people by how they pray. You pray the way that you feel you need to pray. If all you got to say is, thank you, Jesus. You know? I mean, I've seen people just about go into, go into convulsions because you ask them to pray. I can remember a guy, was my brother was telling me once that, you know, he asked the guy once in their church to pray. And the guy said, you got to give me more time than that. You just can't come to me on Sunday mornings and, you know, tell me to pray. Why not? Don't compare yourselves to other people. You talk to God the same way you were, you're talk to someone else. You know, don't get in that habit thinking somebody else is, is, is elevated higher than you. In Christ, he knows where we all are. He don't want us to be worried about stuff like that. Do you pray? If you pray, that's all he said. He says, I just wish men would pray and not faint. He didn't say you how you got to do it. He didn't say you got to lay down on the ground and pray an hour. He didn't got to say you got to lay and pray three or four hours. You know, some people want to talk with God. Some people want to be intercessors. Some people want to do those kind of things. Yes, we should all do those things, but don't compare yourself to somebody else's prayer life. God looks at a sincere heart. They could be praying out loud and be the biggest sinner in the church. 
You know, you stop and think about how many times you've seen somebody fall. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go, man, I thought they was really connected with God. See? Don't compare yourself to other people. Be yourself. God put you on the train track when he wanted you to be on the train. Okay? He put you in the compartment he wanted you to be in until he moves you to the next car. Can I put it that way? <laughs> so so please, don't don't get into that because you'll worry yourself. You start thinking, I'm not good enough. You know, oh, no, I hope you don't ask me to do that because I'm not good enough. See, so-and-so can do that so much better than me. Really? That's comparing yourself to somebody else. Because your talent that you bring to the table might be the exact thing that that place where you are being asked to do need to be to change it around. To make it better. Amen. So don't don't compare yourselves to other people. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 real quick here. Man, time is slipping right away here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11 through verse 13. Excuse me. Paul, right into the church at Corinth, starting with verse chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. Paul says, It has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, or Peter, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank my God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and, and Gaius. Notice, Paul says it's been reported as division because you're comparing yourself. He says, some of you are saying, Paul baptized me, or I'm a Paul, or I'm a Paulus, or I'm a Peter. He says, Christ is, and, and he says, and some says Christ. He says, Christ is not divided. It's one body, and we all fit in that body. You might be the little toe. I might be the pinky, you know, whatever, but we all fit framely together in the body of Christ, and it grows up unto a holy temple in the Lord. Praise God. Drop down to verse 26. Drop down to verse 26 through 29. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God have chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world. All things which are despised have God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See? Notice, God chooses the weak to confound the wise, the mighty and the wise, you know. Think about the ant. How can those guys carry so much and do so much? You know, try to figure it out. 
bees go and suck on flowers and make honey, and we love it. Just think about it. It confounds, it's, you know, but we have to realize we, we don't want to compare ourselves with other things. Amen. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 6 to verse 10. But of these, Paul, Paul is right in here. He, he's talking about when he came back into in Jerusalem and he goes up to Jerusalem and he meets with Peter and James and John. But he says, of, of these who seems to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it make no matter to me. God accept no man's person for they whom seems to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was to Peter, for he that rugged effectively in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, and the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seems to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me the, and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they would go unto the circumcision or the Jews, not only that they would, we would, should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. Notice, Peter says, Paul says, it didn't make no difference to me, you know, if they was pillars. So it didn't move me. He says, you know, I had the same doctrine. I had the same gospel. See? So don't compare yourselves with others. Amen. So that you don't wind up be worried about all kinds of things and don't think you're good enough. See? That's what happens. You, you get to think you're not good enough. You're good. I think the last time I checked, the Holy Ghost brought goodness. So if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're good. Amen. So be good. Amen. Dropping down to number seven here. Amen. Do not take the opinions of others for granted. Amen. Do not take the opinions of others for granted. Because sometimes people can say things about other people, you know. And if you if you believe it, it can be totally wrong. You know, look look at Ananias here. You know, in, in Acts chapter 9, look at Paul's life here. Ananias answered the Lord after the Lord appeared to Ananias after Paul is blinded on the road to Damascus here. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he have done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here... He have authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said to him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, notice, Ananias says, Lord, I've heard. See? But God said, yeah, but he's a chosen vessel to bear my name. Amen. 
See, sometimes if we're not careful, we can hear what people say about other people and we can draw a conclusion that could be totally false. That's why I say a lot of times, you know, you, you need to be careful with your social media and everything else a lot of times because people talk about people to try to draw other people to their side. And you've never met the person. You've never had a knowledge of the person. You know, I can remember one one time a, a lady came to my house and, you know, during the political times of, of, of election. And she was talking so bad about one one candidate. And I just asked her, I said, have you ever met him? And she looked at me. I says, okay, if he's so bad, tell me something about your candidate that you're, you're out here. And she just stood there and looked at me. She had no clue. I said, you know, I don't think I would be going around bashing someone else if I didn't know him personally. You know, I says, you need to be considerate of other people, because if you find out that they're totally different than what you've hearing, you're going to feel bad. See, and especially if you have bashed that person. And then you find out that that person was good or whatever. Now you're going to be worried. You're going to be real worried about, you know, what they're going to think of you. See, so you have to be careful. So don't don't always take the opinions of others for granted. Amen. The key to living a happy and fulfilled life is being able to truly know you and do the things that bring you joy. Often the opinions and judgments of others get in the way of our truthfulness. Understanding that whatever people say, think, or do are their own opinions. The need to please will only lead into a stressful life. We will never please everyone. You remember those songs? You can't please everyone, so you might as well please yourself, right? <laughs> Amen. So, we, you know, it's, it's kind of like with, with the woman with the alabaster box there in, in Luke chapter 7. You know, when she came in the house, Simon said of Jesus, if he knew what kind of, if he was a prophet, he knew what kind of woman, he wouldn't let her touch him. You know, and Jesus put him on the spot. You know, he put him, put him on the spot because he was, he found him wrong. See, so. We have to be careful just because people look a certain way, act a certain way, you know, we have to be careful. Amen. Scripture tell us and take heed to ourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with sufficing and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unaware, Luke chapter 21, 34. We must not allow the cares of this life to cause us to have a life filled with worry. It is not of God. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we must learn how to live and walk in that peace. Amen. And that's what he desires for us. Amen. Is to be at perfect peace and to not worry about a whole bunch of things and be concerned about a lot of things. Amen. 
Well, I'm not weary, I've answered the Master's call. Jesus took my heavy load, now I'm on the glory road, and I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry anymore. Well, I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, I've answered the Master's call. Jesus took my heavy load, now I'm on the glory road, and I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry anymore. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You can carry the load. Amen. You can handle it. Amen. So just allow God to work with you. Amen. So that your life, hopefully this has helped you some this month and we can have a a peaceful life. We can go to bed and sleep good. Amen. From here on out, think about that. A good night's sleep. So anytime you start feeling worried, just go to the Lord. Just take it to the Lord and leave it there and he will be with us. Amen. Don't forget Sunday morning. Amen. Our service time. Praise God. Nine o'clock prayer. And then 9.30 discipleship as well. And uh, next month we'll be talking about a love for God's word. Amen. Having a love for the word of God. The importance of God's word. Why we must should love his word in our lives. Amen. So keep one another in prayer. Amen. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to the house of God and the things of God. And all that you do for the kingdom of God. God bless you. Amen.